Holy cow! I need to take a breather. I just wrapped up the first gym session since the beginning of COVID. I got some proof right there if you're watching the video. I got LA Fitness right there. First time in over a year that I have set foot in the gym, and my goodness, I mean, that's, that's gonna have to be an episode in and of itself. It felt amazing. But today, I actually wanna share something with you guys that I did in our uh, Facebook group. And in this group, I go live once a week, every Thursday, and uh, it's a fantastic time for me to do some trainings, share some of our clients' success stories, go over Q and A's. And in this specific training, I walk through how to balance your blood sugars using this weird circus trick. And I want you guys to try to use your imagination on this one, especially if you're listening to it, because there are some visuals that I pull up on YouTube. Uh, but you know, give it a good listen and uh, let me know your thoughts. See if you guys can figure out what these uh, different variables and balancing points might be in your life. So without any further ado, let's get into our theme song. I've spent the last 10 years pushing the limits while identifying trends and patterns in my type one diabetes management. Follow along as I learn, apply, and share the fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies that I've learned from diabetes experts around the world. The real question is, how can we live fearlessly with diabetes while maintaining stable blood sugars? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Matt Vandevecht, head coach and co-founder of FTF Warrior, and welcome to Part of My Pancreas. Uh, the new one, yes, we are live, sweet. All right, so today's topic, I want to talk to you guys about uh, how to find the balance with your blood sugars, right? And I mean, if we were really to, to take a step back and look at diabetes from like an airplane, right? 30,000 foot view. It's really all about finding a balance between insulin and blood sugars and activity and food and stress and hormones and sleep and hydration. And whoa, wait a second. This is more stressful than we thought, right? It's, there's a lot more that goes into the balancing act. But what I want to share with you guys today is the weird balancing act from a circus that can help you think about your diabetes a little bit differently and that one shift you can make to make your diabetes a little easier, a little more simple, right? So uh, if you are here with me watching the replay, make sure you drop hashtag replay if you're live, hit the like button, let me know you're here live so I can see who is here uh, and we will jump into it. So a number of years ago, a lot of years ago, <laughs> when I was in high school, uh, I used to work for a theme park and believe it or not, this was actually before I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, a little bit different. And uh, at that theme park, they were known for their shows, their entertainers, their, but they also had an animal portion uh, of their theme park. They had rides, they had uh, acrobats, and I worked there in the summers. And during the time that I was working there, I had the pleasure of walking past all the shows on my way to work. Right, I'd get into the theme park and I'd walk all the way through and I actually worked as a cook when I was there, which crazy story, that's for another day, right? But uh, when I was walking past these shows, and of course I got the uh, the free entrance, and so I'd go check out the shows after I got, after, I got off of work and uh, I'd watch these acrobats flying hundreds of feet across land and over water and jumping out of cannons and getting caught in trapezes and nets and all of the fancy stuff. And it just blew my mind that a human being could soar through the air and not die. <laughs> but in addition to not dying, to land perfectly balanced, whether it's catching onto a trapeze or landing into a, a giant balloon where they you know, absorbed the impact or if they jumped into water and uh, dove in and it turned into like a water event. All these incredible things came down to balance. 
And, you know, if the takeoff, let's just say they were being shot out of a cannon, if the takeoff was off, even just by a foot or six inches, it would completely mess up the trajectory of where they were going, right? And so every single piece of that puzzle had to be put in place. And so similarly with diabetes, right? Like if we have, uh, we're going into a big meal, let's say we're eating out at a restaurant, you're going to have to make sure you got your plan in place, right? Uh, proper insulin dosing strategies, proper insulin amounts, proper carb counting. Maybe there's some activity thrown in. Like there's a whole list of things that we're kind of always shuffling around in our minds, right? But in addition to that, and this is what I really want to talk to you guys about today, uh, kind of walking through those events when I was working at a theme park, the cannon shooting people through the air wasn't the only thing that required precision and balance and all these different aspects to it, right? Uh, there's this common circus act that you may be familiar with known as a seesaw or uh, I think it, there's also the, the teeter-totter, right? <laughs> there's a couple different terms for it, but basically it's a plank on top of either a ball or uh, a cylindrical object or basically a pivot point, right? And you've got somebody or something here and somebody or something here. So on either side of the plank and because of the ball or the pivot point in the middle, it's balanced so long as the weight is distributed equally. So in other words, if you have twins, let's just say there's uh, two 20-year-old gymnasts and you got one here, one here, they weigh the exact same. If the pivot point remains in the middle, they will stay completely balanced. But what happens if this gymnast scoots forward towards the middle? It's no longer balanced, right? What happens if we're balanced again, both sides? You've got two gymnasts over here and one gymnast over here because of the pivot point, it's off balance, right? And so we look at a couple different factors as, as it relates to diabetes, where we've got all these different factors. And you know, we could go through the entire list of, there are technically 42 confirmed variables. Now, I need to make a new list because I've discovered there's quite a few extras in there that have not been included in that list. But there is a list of 42 confirmed variables that impact blood sugar levels, right? So with those 42 variables that we know of, think about this, this pivot point, right? We have a pivot, we have a plank, 42 variables that you're stacking and balancing and trying to figure out how to stay balanced and not tip over. That's a tricky balancing. I mean, you take that to a circus, that's gonna be tough to pull off in front of a crowd, right? <laughs> Let alone consistently. And so as we increase the amount of variables on top of this thing, it gets more difficult to distribute the weight evenly or in the case of diabetes, to find that balancing point. So if we can't balance it, and we're constantly trying to offset and rearrange things, it's no wonder that we're frustrated with our blood sugars, going up and down and up and down. And that's when you step onto the blood sugar roller coaster. The theme park that I worked at also had a roller coaster. It was pretty cool. But as besides the point, so we have this plank. We have these different variables spread out on the top that we're trying to figure out based on the pivot point where we can set them, our meal, our insulin, our exercise, our stress, our hydration, our hormones, our age, our everything comes into play. We know this, you know this, right? But as we're moving things around, we notice that if we stack things closer to the pivot point, it alters the weight a little bit. So we move these closer and we kind of find that stabilization. But then what happens? The next day, the weights of the different variables seem to change on us. You know, you have the same meal, twice in a row, and it's not the same blood sugars, right? I mean, drop a, drop a number one in the comment. If you've ever eaten the same meal two days in a row and had different results, 
I mean, I, I might be the only one that's had that happen, but I want to see if anybody else has had that experience. Because uh, let me tell you, it's frustrating when the variables that we know don't seem to follow the rules, right? Let's see if anybody has any ones in there. Just the number one. I'll give you guys a second. Just so I know I got some some people alive watching. We got 11. So one, one. <laughs> What's up, Kim? Good to see you on here. So I think Kim's had it happen more than once. I totally feel you. Uh, anybody else? We got another one. It's going to be, it says Facebook user, Vicky. Good to see you on here, Vicky. Vicky also says one with an exclamation point. So yeah, eating two different or two different days, same meal, we had different outcomes. And so each day, Kim says, oops, I meant one. <laughs> no worries, Kim. Yeah, we can also count it as like a double one. Uh, with different days yielding different results, it's really difficult to find that balance point, right? Because we've got this plank, we've got the pivot point, and yet every day we're starting over. New variables, we don't know how much gymnast A weighs and how much gymnast B weighs. We're gonna figure out if they have to scoot up or scoot back. And all of a sudden, all these variables are shifting, right? It makes life a lot more difficult. And we got same coming from Jose. Good to see you on here. Uh, so with these different variables changing day to day, how do we figure out what the balancing point is? Do we really actually have to reset every single day? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to have to reset every day and figure out where the weight has to be distributed evenly. Right. And actually, let's pull up uh, an example. I actually <laughs> I, I researched circus physics. Uh, so I can show you guys what this looks like. I'm actually pretty proud of it. So let me see if I can pull this up real quick and uh, we'll give you the example because I'm, an, I'm a visual learner. I like it. All right. Can I share the screen? I know this was, uh, it was prep, but here we go. So as you can see, this is some pretty intense circus physics, right? And I didn't draw this. This is actually a professional rendering. <laughs> but here we've got, uh, I don't know if you guys can see my mouse. Let's see if it's showing up. Doesn't look like it. But example A, thankfully they're labeled. Example A, we've got the two gymnasts. They're spread out evenly. This could represent your insulin to carb ratio. Maybe it's spot on, right? You know that you're uh, one to 10. So you take X amount of insulin for X amount of carbs. Perfectly balanced. We did it. But what happens in example B, right, where now all of a sudden we add in a new variable. Let's just say uh, you go for a walk right after the meal. Well, now all of a sudden the insulin kind of gets a, a, a superpower. <laughs> it's getting kicked in the pants. And now we're offset, right? And so now uh, in example B, we lost our balance point. It doesn't matter that you had them spread out evenly. Now we have, you know, this new variable that shifts the weight distribution and knocks us off. Okay, well, let's try to restack it and add some sugar, right? So on example C, we add the sugar in. Now you've got two different uh, inputs of carbohydrates, right? And now poof, we're offset the other direction. Now we're high. So first it was balanced, then we went low, now we're high, and then we gotta figure out how we can move things around. So we get to example D. Okay, cool, if we shift the two gymnasts forward and we get this, and we're just doing math all day long, right? It's exhausting, it really is. But finally, we find this new balance point. And guess what? It's time for your next meal. <laughs> it's time to do the whole thing over again. But what's interesting here, and this is actually not shown in these examples because this is not commonly used. What's interesting here is you notice in each of these examples, the pivot point, that ball in the middle under the plank does not move. Why is that? Well, it's because they didn't think of moving it. Right? That's not concrete. That's not built in. 
they're on a ball or a cylindrical object or a log, right? So that pivot point, we if we think about it, can also be moved. And this is really thinking outside of the box. Right? We're, we're not following the rules necessarily. This is not uh, doctor's office chat, right? We have the variables on top of the plank. In this case, it's the gymnast. But for us, type 1 diabetics, this could be a lot of different variables that impact blood sugars. But now we're looking at the pivot point. If we move the pivot point left or right, it alters the entire situation. It alters the entire outcome. If you think in example B, if we shifted the pivot point over to the right just a little bit, we would have achieved balance. In example C, if we shifted the pivot point over to the left because there's more weight on that side now, we would have achieved balance, right? And so it's this new exciting way of looking at diabetes, this new perspective that if we shift our uh, pivot point, it alters the entire foundation of the formula. Right. And I mean, this is the kind of stuff like I don't want to get too advanced. Let me pull back up my screen. I don't want to get too advanced with, you know, how to alter formulas, how to uh, manipulate blood sugars, because believe it or not, you can actually manipulate your insulin sensitivity. You can manipulate uh, how carbs and fats and proteins are impacting blood sugars based on external variables. And it gets fun when you realize how much control you actually have over the situation. When you realize it's not just the variables on top of the, the situation, but underneath as well. We can shift the pivot point wherever we need to, to get blood sugars to cooperate. And when you understand that, the entire blood sugar formula, in fact, what I teach, the 80-20 blood sugar formula, it shifts everything. It makes it more dynamic. And with that fluid, flexible approach, you don't have to be locked in to eating at eight, 12, and six. You don't have to be locked into, I have to have a certain blood sugar if I wanna work out. You don't have to be locked in to losing sleep at night or being frustrated with bad blood sugars and, and uncertainty. When you understand that this formula can be dynamic and fluid and move with you, you unlock a whole new potential with diabetes. It's quite fascinating, if I do say so myself. I mean, really the, the ultimate goal here is not just to control diabetes and blood sugars, right? The ultimate goal is to have controlled blood sugars with a higher quality of life. And in order to get to that higher quality of life, you have to recognize that it's not just the top, the surface level variables that we're worrying about. It's the entire formula, the entire equation. And once we realize that both sides of this equation can be moved, that's where you unlock true freedom. I'll give you guys an example and we'll take off, okay? Uh, today, I had a bit of a different day, so I wanted to. <laughs> this morning, I had work. I was in the office and just plugging away emails and meetings and all this great stuff. Uh, you know, just work on this diabetes stuff, right? This is what I do. Uh, around lunchtime, I decided it's a nice day. I want to go for a bike ride. And I have a mountain bike down in the garage. And so uh, I thought, you know, this is the first day in weeks where it's been less than 90s. It's been 100s and 90s the last couple of weeks. It was in the 80s. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go for a bike ride. Did I have to wait for my blood sugar to be right at the right range? Or did I shift the pivot point just enough so that I could move on and be flexible with my day? Well, of course, I moved the pivot point. I want to go for a bike ride right now. So I went for the bike ride, shifted the pivot point. After the bike ride, I still had some energy left. I was like, you know what? I didn't work out yesterday, so let's work out. So from my bike ride, I stopped, put my bike in the garage, and walked to the gym. 
at the gym, full back workout, got some legs. It felt amazing. I felt powerful. Get through my workout. And it was fine. <laughs> That's two activities that were relatively spontaneous because it wasn't just did I exercise and how much insulin is on board and we look at the top situation, the pivot point itself, I could move because I wanted to have a flexible day. I want to be spontaneous. And so as a result, you know, blood sugars cooperated. I went and got back inside, took a shower, had lunch. For lunch, I had like 120 carbs or something like that's That's not even that crazy, honestly. But you have to be able to take a step back and recognize that we're not limited to the rules on top of that platform, on top of the seesaw, on top of the teeter-totter, whatever you want to call it, right? It's not just these pieces, the 42 variables that come into play. It's the pivot point that allows you to move and fluctuate based on what you need to. So if you are getting offset, you shift the pivot point, balance. Oh, we're going this way. Shift the pivot point, balance. And you're able to reactively control your blood sugars to any meal, any activity, any workout, whatever comes your way. That is what we're after, okay? So, and add in before we take off. Uh, and if you guys have anything you want to add in the comments, feel free to drop them in real quick. Um, this isn't going to be the same for everybody. This is going to shift based on the individual, right? The decisions that we make, uh, the actions that we take with our diabetes are going to fluctuate, right? In the same way that no two people are going to have the exact same insulin to carb ratio and insulin sensitivity factor and basal settings because we're all going to be a little bit different in our choices day to day, right? We eat different stuff. We exercise different ways. Uh, we have different internal functions, okay? Our hormones are going to be different. And so as a result, I can't just tell you this is the pivot point, plug in X, Y, Z to your formula. You have to learn the formula itself so that you can adapt the concepts into your daily life and be more flexible with your approach. That's a lot, like I mentioned. Flexibility with your type 1 diabetes management, which allows you to go on a bike ride, then work out, then eat a massive lunch and live your life, right? So uh, because it is personalized, you know, we could drop questions in the, the, the comment box all day long. I can say, well, in this situation, I would do this for that person. And, oh, thanks for adding your question. I would do X, Y, Z. But instead of doing that, what I want to do, especially if people are watching the replay, is give you an opportunity to have a chat with us and see which of these different variables would benefit you the most to focus on right now. And what does that pivot point shifting look like for you? Because like I said, we're all unique, right? So uh, if you want to talk about the pivot point, how to find balance in your life, drop a, a comment down below. Uh, what we'll do is we'll just say. All right. So I wanted to uh, give you guys kind of a closeout from that episode. Now, obviously, I cut it short. Uh, that training went on for a little bit longer. We did some Q&A, had some, uh, some opportunities for them to chat directly with me because, believe it or not, in that group, I do break off and have individual messenger conversations with people who are looking for help. Uh, and so actually, I'll give you guys two kind of uh, opportunities to get inside that community. So first thing, if you're curious about the balancing points and the different variables across these uh, teeter-totters, right, the seesaws, you're going to have to look at two different things. One is the different perspectives that we can view diabetes from, and then two, that this is going to need to be individualized for you. Those pivot points, they have to be individualized. Those are going to shift based on the person, based on the uh, overall experience, you know, the unique situations. This is why it's 
it's unique for each of us. This is why I coach, and I don't just give people a program to follow without any coaching, right? It's, it's an individualized process. We're all different, we're all unique. Now, that being said, I wanna give you guys kind of a next step, okay? So what we're gonna do differently today is, whew, my arms are tired from that workout. <laughs> what we're gonna do different today, though, is I wanna give you a link to check out a free resource that we put together. Now, this is different from what I've told you guys about in the past, and the reason is this is gonna be giving you more of an overall perspective, different people's, uh, outlook on diabetes and how they manage it. I interviewed a bunch of different people, a bunch of different experts on their type one diabetes and how they manage. And you can grab all of that for free. It's actually a four day event. You can get the recordings for um, over at fearlessdiabetic.com. Okay, so fearlessdiabetic.com gets you access to that free resource. And in addition to that, I will also be sending you an email after you register for that. Uh, that'll give you free access to that Facebook group as well. So you can hop on those live trainings with me, get live feedback, and uh, and get those messenger conversations rolling. All right, so head over to fearlessdiabetic.com. I'm going to go head home. I got a shower. I am just drenched in sweat right now, but my goodness, that felt so good to work out again. Uh, it's the last time. Head over to fearlessdiabetic.com. That'll give you free access to that resource as well as our Facebook community where you can hop on trains with me. All right. Have an awesome day and keep up the fight.